0: Now we give a warm welcome to everyone joining with us for public worship this evening, both those in the building here and <clears throat> to those who are joining with us online. Let's begin our worship this evening by singing to God's praise in Psalm 102. It's the second version, it's found on page 366 of uh, the Psalter. We're actually going to sing through the whole of this psalm this evening. And this song reminds us that um, the Christian pilgrimage is not an easy one. In this world, of course, we're told again and again that it's not going to be easy, and yet we are very surprised when things get hard going. But the Lord Himself said, In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And uh, these songs are about 3,000 years old, and um. It's a reminder to us that God is his finger on the pulse. He provides the songs that go into the canon of Scripture and he knows eh, what we need. And these songs are just so true to life's experience for believers. At the beginning of the song, Lord, hear my prayer. And let my cry of speedy access unto thee, in day of my calamity, O hide not thou thy face from me here, when I call to thee that day, and answer speedily return. My days like smoke consume away, and as an hearth my bones eh do burn. We'll sing verses 1 to 7 of Psalm 102. Lord, hear my prayer and let my cry have speedy access unto Thee. together in prayer. Let's pray. O oh Lord, our God, as we sing these songs, help us to ponder the truths contained within them. There is nothing new under the sun. In every age and every generation, the people who believe in you have struggled to one extent or another. And very often that struggle has been great from time to time. And yet we are so surprised and we are so taken aback when that becomes part of our own experience. But we pray that we would interact with the Word of God, that we would know it. Even a working knowledge of these songs would be of tremendous encouragement to us. And a great help to us as we go along the life's journey. We do acknowledge that sometimes life can be so difficult for the believer. And yet the psalmist says elsewhere, it was good for me that I was afflicted. For then I drew nigh unto God. And it's not just that we draw nigh to you, you draw nigh to us. And we have heard the record of some going through enormously difficult experiences, but who have been conscious of your presence, and conscious of your enabling, and conscious of your help. And these are great blessings. But the psalmist whose song we are just singing encountered hard things. Things that left him desolate and lonely. And you were not there. At least his experience of you was that you were absent. And that's perhaps the hardest thing of all to bear. But we pray that we would uh, know these things. And that we would be able to apply these truths to our own experiences. When we uh, encounter them as we go along life's journey. The psalmist spoke about it being a baker's veil. The place that was so dry and so arid. And yet, you fill the pools that enable people to drink their fill in these dark and desolate parts of the journey. And may we remember this, that although we are conscious of your absence... The reality is this, you will never leave, you will never forsake. Not even the valley of the shadow of death. Because the psalmist rejoiced in the truth that your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. And that goodness and mercy shall follow him all the days of his life. And he shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We thank thee for these truths. And we pray once again this evening for people who are mourning the loss of loved ones. We think in particular of those who mourn the passing of Adam MacFarger. Someone who was an integral part of this congregation not just for years but for many decades who showered many of us with love and affection and kindness over many years. And uh, we feel her passing from this world but We rejoice in the truth of your revelation to us that dear in God's sight is his saint's death. O Lord, our God, (coughs) as we gather here this evening hour, we thank you that this is where we are found. Sometimes we wonder why it is (coughs) that we have tasted and seen that God is good when there are so many around us. Who are so indifferent to God or anything to do with the Lord. We pray that they would be a burden on our souls. And we long for the day when you would be given your place in the lives of all people. Remember us not only as a church but remember us as a nation in the midst of the political turmoil that we are going through, in the midst of the difficult uh, situation that uh, so many in this country find themselves in, at one level, we may not to be surprised because we have so turned our backs on you in so many ways. And yet in the midst of our need, may we cry out to you, to give us uh, those who would rule over us, who would honor you. We thank you for those who are in authority, who honor your name in the midst of difficult and trying circumstances. O oh Lord our God, give us a leadership in the political arena that would honor your name all round. But give us a leadership also in the church that would honor your name all around as well please help us all those who are in any kind of leadership role to to look to you to fulfill uh, our duties remember the clubs as they begin once again and remember indeed all the work of the congregation whatever it might be may we water it all with our prayers and uh, we pray now that as we Gather here this evening that you would come in with us and that you would do us good. Remember our loved ones wherever they might be across the globe. Have mercy on us all and gather us all to yourself to be safe in you for time and eternity. And all we ask is in Christ's name. Amen. Now let's continue in the same song, Psalm 102 and at verse (coughs) 8. <clears throat> Page 367 of the Psalter. I all day long am made a scorn, reproached by my malicious foes. The madmen are against me sworn, the men against me that arose. For I have ashes eaten up to me as if they had been bred. And with my drink I in my cup of bitter tears a mixture Made. We'll sing verses 8, 8 to 12 of Psalm 102. I all day long am made a scorn. <clears throat> Let's read God's word in that very area of scripture, Psalm 102, and at the beginning of the psalm. And here's the title, A Prayer of One Afflicted When He Is Faint and Pours Out His Complaint Before the Lord. Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I am like a desert owl of the wilderness, like an owl of the waste places. I lie awake, and I am like a lonely sparrow on the housetop. All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. For I eat ashes like bread, and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger for you have taken me up and thrown me down my days are like an evening shadow I wither away like grass but you O Lord are enthroned forever you are remembered throughout all generations you will arise and have pity on Zion it is the time to favour her. The appointed time has come. For your servants hold her stones dear and have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth will fear your glory. For the Lord builds up Zion, he appears in his glory, he regards the prayer of the destitute and does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come, so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That he looked down from his holy height, from heaven the Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners. To set free those who were doomed to die, that they may declare in Zion the name of the Lord and in Jerusalem his place, when peoples gather together and kingdoms to worship the Lord. He has broken my strength in midcourse. He has shortened my days. O my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days. You, whose years endure throughout all generations. Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. Amen. May God bless to us that reading from his word. Let's join together again in prayer. O Lord, O God, as we read these words, we are met by profound truths. You created the heavens And you created this planet that we live on And we look at these mountains around us That seem to have been there forever That's the way it appears But the day will come when you will change it all We realize that you judged this world once upon a time with water But you promised and you give us a covenantal sign. You would never do that again. But you have made it clear. That this world will be consumed by fire. We pray O Lord. That we would be found secure and safe in Jesus on that day. We pray that we will all be hiding under the shadow of, uh, of his wing. But we are also given a promise in this song That this church of yours that seems so bereft at times And so chaotic at times And even so shambolic at times And even on the edge of petering out at times (coughs) Shall not cease Generations yet unborn shall praise and magnify the Lord. Not because we want that. And not because we hope that. But because you have said that's the way it would be. And we pray that we would listen to you. As you utter these things. As you say these things to us. As a a human race. O oh Lord, our God, we pray that as we turn to explore something of your word this evening, that you would help us. We acknowledge that our being here this night is utter and absolute futility, but for your enabling. And so help us, we pray, that we might honor you in the midst of this act of worship, and that we might also be edified, not on the basis of merit, We have nothing to woo you with, we've forfeited everything, but on the basis of your promises. So come in amongst us and help us and do us good, we pray. And all we ask is in Christ's name. Amen. Now let's continue in the same song, Psalm 102, and this time it's at verse 13, it's page 368 of the Psalter. And here everything changes; thou shalt arise, and mercy yet thou to Mount Zion shalt extend her time for favour, which was set behold, is now come to an end and let 's not make the mistake of thinking that her time of favour is ending it's the time for it to begin is now here. the waiting is over, and that 's what this verse is about. Thy saints take pleasure in her stones, her very dust to them is dear. All heathen lands and kingly thrones on earth thy glorious name shall fear. We'll sing verses 13 to 22. Thou shalt arise. Thou shalt arise. to the uh, passage that we have read (coughs) in the book of Psalms Psalm 102 and uh, we'll read again at verse 11 My days are like an evening shadow I wither away like grass but you O Lord (coughs) are enthroned forever you are remembered throughout all Generations Or as we have it In the song we've been singing My days are like a shade All way, Which doth declining Sookly pass And I am withered away Much like into the fading grass But thou O Lord Shalt still endure From change And all mutation free And to all generations sure Shall thy Remembrance be. Now let's, by God's enabling, explore something of uh, this area of Scripture. We notice from the title of this song that it is a prayer, and it's a very particular prayer. It's the prayer of an afflicted one when he is faint and pours out his complaint before the Lord. And you know, it is just so important for us uh, to do that. But you know, this is a strange phenomenon. Sometimes we will not do that. It's strange because you would have thought that that would be the first recourse of a believer. But for some reason or other, sometimes it's the last recourse. Sometimes when we've tried anything and everything else, And we are in desperation do we turn to God. That's not the way it's meant to be. And that is not to our benefit. And that is not to the honour and uh, the glory of uh, God. But the psalmist here is somebody who is up against it. He feels the plight of having great opposition and, and facing enormous difficulties... And he speaks clearly of the loneliness of it all. But that's not all he speaks about. In verse 10, he speaks of God's indignation and anger, for you have taken me up and thrown me down. And I take it that that is a confession of sin that he has all these oppositions and he has all these problems but he's not guilt-free in the midst of it all and I think that we can all identify with something of that but the reality is uh, is this as I said in my prayer earlier on this evening Sometimes in the midst of affliction for God's own people there is a drawing nigh to God and there is a sense of God that is almost tangible. So that's why in another area of scripture you have the psalmist saying it was good for me that I was afflicted for then I drew nigh unto God. You know how it is in our own egotism and in our own spirit of independence we... Wander away from God. But you know... God is in covenant with his people. And God will not allow it to go on forever. And he will put hard things in our lives. And these hard things will woo us back eh, to him. It's not that the hard things are easy to bear. But the overall picture is... That the psalmist realized... That it was the hard things that... Drew him... eh, Back eh, to God. And so yes... Sometimes the experience of the believer is a closeness to God, a sense of his imminence and encouragement in the midst of the difficulties and the uphill struggle. But that's not always the way it goes. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me. Why does he say that? Because the face of God is gone. In this particular struggle, the psalmist is not conscious of God's face being upon him. There is no sense of God's imminence. He feels alone. He feels abandoned. And he comes clean about the whole situation because he knows that he hasn't lived the way that he ought to have lived and that's why he makes mention uh, in verse 10 because of your indignation and anger now we live in a day and age where indignation and anger in God are just absolutely taboo yes I do believe in God this is the way the world thinks I do believe in God tell me about the love of God and and I will believe it all and I will accept it all but don't give me this thing about a God who has an anger now wherever that God comes from it's not the pages of scripture because the pages of scripture are littered with a God who is angry now I have to qualify that because sometimes when you speak in that vein to some people they have a total misunderstanding of God and that's because we think in terms of anger at our level of anger because very often in our anger there is a malevolence and a maliciousness in it and it's not good and it's not wholesome it's bad it's unhealthy there is nothing bad or unhealthy or malevolent or malicious in the anger of God. It's a righteous anger. You know, there are, there are situations that we come across in life's journey where it would be wrong for us not to be angry. There is such a thing as righteous anger. And God is righteously angry. Angry. And he is righteously angry with sin. And again, we have such a limited view of sin that we can almost brush it off and it's almost like water off a duck's back. God does not brush off sin and it most certainly isn't water off a duck's back with God. It is enormous. It is absolutely eh, enormous. And it needs to be dealt with. And if that's all we knew about from the pages of scripture, and God tells us that from the pages of scripture, we would be in doom and gloom this night. But that's not all the pages of scripture tells us. The pages of scripture tells us about God's way of dealing with our sin. And that is a wonderful provision made by God eh, for us. But I want to home in this evening on these two verses that I've read verse 11 and verse 12 and I want to look at two things that the psalmist is saying about man and then I want to look at two things in contrast that the psalmist says about God and as far as man is concerned the psalmist likens man to shadow and to grass. We'll explore these things and the As far as God is concerned, the psalmist says he endures and he will be remembered. So let's explore these things in turn. Man in terms of a a shadow. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. I think it was David Attenborough that was... In the gardens or the grounds of one of the queen's residences, I saw a clip of it recently, and um, there was a sundial there, and uh, I was somewhere recently, and I was looking at a sundial. It was a sunny day, and uh, I worked out I uh, had a rough guess. Someone was with me. I had a rough guess as to what the time was on the sundial and it was pretty accurate. I said it's maybe quarter to eleven or something like that. But the person who was with me took a look and said, Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's it and so so these sundials uh, were used the shadow of the sundial was used to to keep a, a, a record of the time but <laughs> and um uh, David I said I was a bit cheeky with Queen because he said, uh, the sundial is there in the shadow of a tree. And in, in her inimitable, regal way, she just said, I don't think it would have been there when it was built. Meaning the tree. And, uh, and she would have been right. She, she would have she been, been right. But you know, um, some days, some days there are... There are no shadows at all. Some days it's sunny all day and the, the shadow will last for a while. But there are other days when the clouds are there and the sun just bursts through for a little. And uh, the shadow is seen just for a little time. But then the shadow, it has uh, it is gone. And that's what the psalmist likens his life to. You know, there was an old lady in this congregation and she lived to her late 90s, Mrs. Hutchison. She used to live up at the post office at I remember. I remember just before she died, she said, she said of her life it, it it has gone like a flash i can't remember was she 97 years or something like that but i'll never forget what she said she 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 she, she was a lovely old lady you know um, sharp as a tack sharp as a tack and she would you could speak to her about sport you could speak to her about politics you could speak to her about Anything that was in the news, she was up on it. She was up on it. She used to dress so finely, Marks and Spencer's stuff and whatnot. And um, I think the first time she was ever in hospital was a wee period, just a couple of weeks at the end of her life. Uh, um, I think 97 years. And, and, and that's what she said. It's gone like a, like a flash. And you know, I was just thinking, I was telling you the other day that as far as my ministry here is concerned, it's moved into its 37th year now. I feel as if I've just arrived, uh, where have all these years gone? Where have all these years gone? And when you think in terms of however long our lives may be, however long they may be, um, in comparison to eternity, there is nothing. They are as nothing. They are just shadows. They are just shadows that are there for a moment and then they are gone. But it would be wrong to take away from just how important these lives are. And, And what I mean by that is this. It's just so important for us to do the right thing in that fleeting time that we are on this planet. It is just so important for us to do the right thing. And the right thing, of course, is is to do what this person did as he faced his troubles. Because part of his trouble was, and he tells us that in verse 10, his own sinfulness. And what we do with it. We need to turn to the Lord with it. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to to you. We are all simply as shadows. But the second thing he says is this. I wither away like grass. You know... I visited Ada Macfacher on Friday, and, um, I mean, she was 95 years old. She, she was a lovely character. You know, for a long, long time she has been in, uh, in these um, homes. Um, I, I never, ever heard her complain. Never once. And you know, one of the homes she was in was the home in Rosmarquee that eventually had to close because things got so bad in it. I never heard a single complaint. I used to say to to Ada, Ada, they should be giving you commission for being in this home. Because everybody would come to her with all their plights and woes and whatnot. And she would listen to them and she would be a great encouragement. Uh, She would be a great encouragement to her. But you know, I was looking at her on Friday... She was unbelievably thin. She was just withered away, withered away, and yet as sharp as a tack in her mind. On Friday, she wasn't always like that. She wasn't always like that. You know, she would be blethering away to me sometimes, and the next thing she would say, "And are you hearing from them at the manse? How are they at the manse?" And so, so there was, there was windows, there were windows there. I, I, one thing I do remember is this. Just shows you how sharp she could be. It was her 93rd birthday. And uh, I knew fine it was her 93rd birthday. But I said to her anyway, Ada, how old are you today anyway? And what she said was, as old as my tongue and a bit older than my teeth. And I just thought, for a 93-year-old, that is just so, so sharp but she never complained she was part of this congregation she and her husband for many many years and I will have very I have very fond memories of her. I remember when we arrived, I remember when we arrived in 1986 September 1986 we moved into the manse and we had two kitchen stools and a mattress and they they, they along with others were so kind to us and they were so uh, generous to us but she's gone. She's gone now. You know, the psalmist here talks about withering like grass. We can't, in our, where we live, we can't really capture what the psalmist is getting at because he's talking about the land of Israel. And in the land of Israel, it just doesn't have the water that Scotland has. The, the grass can be there one moment. And the scorching heat of the sun is such that it's, it's gone. It's, it's all withered up. It's just gone. And we can't, from our culture, really capture. We've got to get into the mindset of somebody in the land of Israel to grasp just how quick the grass can, can go. But there's also this in another area of scripture. Um, in fact, in another of the Psalms, and sometimes they would use grass for uh, for cooking, um, perhaps not the exact same kind of grass as we use, and, and it, the image of it would be it would be burnt up very very quickly. And there's an analogy made between that and um, just how withered withered we become as the days and years go on. I don't know where the apex of life is. Some people say that you reach the peak when you're 30. Maybe, maybe not. But certainly from 30s onwards, it's uh, you. you move on and when old age comes, you know, we often say this, old age doesn't come alone. And, you know, you look around and you see people really, really struggling in just so... Many ways, and yet, for the believer, he never leaves and he never forsakes. I've told this story in this in this pulpit before. I remember visiting Jackie Fraser's mother at the age of 104, and uh, at the age of 104, she still lived in her own. But it got to the stage where she had to go into our house. And they took her to Ari House, and she had a look around, and she said, I'm not staying here for the rest of my life. And I just thought, you know, her body is withered away, she is frail, she needs this place. But the spirit in her was just so different. And I would go to visit her in Ari House, the old Ari House that is, and... Uh, <laughs> Sit there and she would say to me they oh, are all poor old craters in here and there were none of them as old as herself none of them but I remember when, she came, when it came to her dying and I went to see her and by this stage she was she had she was all curled up and much smaller than she used to be and she was lying in her bed and, and for all the world you would have thought she was gone and I recited the 23rd psalm to her and it was like a flower opening she recited every last word of it 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 was as if she came alive it was as if she came alive for those who are in a relationship with God for those who are in covenant with God to those who believe in God the flesh and heart may faint and fail, but God doth fail me never. And yes, the flesh, we are just like shadows. Yes, we wither away like the grass, but they shall be full of sap, and they shall, A, be flourishing. Well, that's what said of man. But then we move on to what's said of God. But, and it's a very important but, but you O Lord, are enthroned forever. It is difficult for us to capture this, the phenomenon of eternity. And there are two ways of looking at eternity. You know, we are eternal. Our souls shall live on. Once we are in this world, we are we are created beings forever I mean body and soul shall be torn apart and wherever we spend eternity I'm not talking about that just now but we shall go on and on and on throughout the endless ages of eternity either in the glories of heaven or in the lostness of hell but we have a point where we uh, began and the point was the conception so we are eternal going forward but we are not eternal going back the way That's not the way it is with God. God is eternal going forward, but God is eternal going back. And it is so difficult for us to get our heads around that. But we believe it because God has revealed it to us in his word. But we live in a day and age that fulfills what is said in Psalm 2 why rage the heathen and why vain things do the people mind it talks about princes and kings taking on God and trying to dethrone God and everywhere you look around you the things that are of God are under attack and uh, there is an attempt left, right and centre to just to, to tear down this God it's, it's a futile attempt but there is every effort and every energy eh, put in to it, but at the end of the day, God shall endure you, O oh Lord, are enthroned for ever. not only is it that God is um, enthroned. Forever. You are remembered through all generations. You know the very end of this song. The last verse is this. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Listen to this. Their offspring shall be established before you. How do we know that there's going to be a church. That will endure forever in this world. There it is. Children yet unborn shall praise and magnify the Lord now where that church shall endure in this world well that's not the same question at all because you look at Asia Minor and you look at these seven churches that had epistles written to them that we have a record of in the last book of the New Testament They're gone. They're completely gone. But the church hasn't gone. We live in Scotland. You know, at the Reformation, there were various documents drawn up to try to secure the truths of Scripture. B.B. Warfield thought that the foremost of those in the world was the Westminster Confession of Faith. In 1647, the church in Scotland adopted the Westminster Confession of Faith in place of the Scots Confession. Why am I saying this? We in this nation have have an enormous heritage. But by and large, we've thrown it to the wind. By and large, that is what we have done. The great movement in the Scottish church has been one from where God was central. And worship was a phenomenon with God at its core. The movement has been to worship being a phenomenon where the people are at the core and it's what the people want not what the people need it's what the people want and there's a huge difference there what the people need is to have God at the core but that's been the move or if you want it in layman's terms it has been it has moved from the solemn worship of an eternal God to entertaining the people and giving them what they want how will it be for the future in the Church of Scotland, uh, the Church in Scotland? I don't know. I really don't know. But how will it be for the Church of God in the world? It will be secure. He endures, and His name you are remembered throughout all generations. Now, there are people. They don't want to remember God. The very thought of God is a turn off. Why is that? I think it's got a lot to do with who people are themselves. This idea of God a holy God. And then they take a look at themselves. And the two are so far apart. That their way of dealing with it is this. Get rid of him. I don't want to remember Eliminate him The reality is That we have a knowledge of God Whether we like it or not And uh, I'm not turning to philosophers Or to experience uh, For that statement I'm, I'm just Going to scripture itself Because you go to the first Chapter of the epistle uh, to the Romans and it tells us very clearly that we have what Calvin called an innate knowledge of God whether we like it or not and uh, for many and we've, we've done this I've done it we, we, we've tried to we've tried to get away from that knowledge that innate knowledge or to put it in another way we've been on the run from God it's not an easy way to live your life being on the run from God but when you acknowledge that you are the sinner you are and you can still be gloriously saved and be at one with this God it is just like a breath of fresh air it's just like a breath of fresh air but whether people will remember God or whether they would block them from the experience or not, He's going to endure, and He is going to be remembered. because people can spend 10, 20, 40, 80 years in this world blotting Him out. But there comes a day of a great white throne, and you can't block God out any longer. You cannot. He will be an eternal remembrance. And he will be in eternal remembrance on the part of everyone, whether we are in in, in, in the bosom of Christ in glory or in the lostness of hell. Now, hell is where God is not in his mercy and in his grace and in his blessings. But I do believe that those who are in hell know they are there because God is God. He will be in remembrance. And there is this great contrast of human beings just being shadows. Here for a moment, gone. And in that moment, withering away, just withering away. And that is so much in contrast to a God who endures, who has endured from eternity and will endure to eternity, who is enthroned on this universe. And it will not be forgotten. But who will be remembered. By one and all. May it be true of each and every one of us. That we remember him. As the God who was gracious to us. And surrounded us with his love and care and compassion. And we embraced it. With all our embracing. May that be true of each and every one of us. Amen Let's pray O Lord our God We thank you that you are you We are sorry that we are who we are But we thank you that you have done something for us In the plight that we find ourselves in O Lord our God May we bow this night Afresh In worship And in adoration of you And all we ask is in Christ's name Amen Now let's conclude by singing the final few verses of this song, Psalm 102, at verse 23: "My strength he wakened in the way, my days of life he shortened. My God, O oh, take me not away in midterms of, in, midter- in midtime of my days," I said. Thy years throughout all ages last. Of all thou hast established. The earth's foundations firm and fast. Thy mighty hands the heavens have made. We'll sing from verse 23 to the end of the song. My strength he weakened in the way. (coughs) and peace from father son and holy spirit rest on and abide with each one both now and forevermore